0: she insisted that they make me the musical director, and the security of that job gave me the luxury to start composing in earnest, so I'm very grateful to her. You're welcome, Cece said, feeling a chill and hugging herself to get warm. Now there was an extreme close-up of Hal, smiling that philosophical smile of his Cece knew so well. how she loved his funny, dear face, the bushy eyebrows over the sad eyes, the two large bumpy nose and the pouting wonderful mouth. It's been a very good year, he said. A very good life actually. I've been very lucky. There was a freeze frame on him and they cut to a commercial. Cece punched Hal's number into the phone but the line was busy so she turned down the volume on the television and watched the commercials without the sound. After a while she tried his number again. By the fourth try the busy signal started to sound like a taunt. Jesus, Sixty Minutes had been on three hours earlier in New York. You'd think by now she could get through to him. Hal's phone was finally ringing. Savior of the Great White Way, he said. He was how they had described him on Sixty Minutes. Harold, was all Cece said. See, are you okay? I'm okay, she said. I'm just calling to add my name to the list of people who thought you were great on Sixty Minutes and to thank you for thanking me in front of the entire country. <laughs> I could have gone on about you for hours, he said so sweetly it made her want to cry. In fact, I did go on about you for hours when they interviewed me, but they cut most of it. There was a long moment of only the shush of the long-distance line, the way it sounded when she put a seashell against her ear until Cecy said, Hal, I need you to come out to Los Angeles right away. It's very important to me that you be here. Say no more. "'I'm on a plane. I'll be in Los Angeles tomorrow, "'and you don't even have to tell me why. "'I will tell you why,' Cece said, "'but you better sit down. "'Hal was already sitting on the bench of the baby grand piano, "'and as Cece told him why he had to drop everything "'and come to Los Angeles, "'he was so overwhelmed with emotion "'he sat shaking his head with his eyes closed. "'And when she'd finished, he promised he was on his way "'and would see her as soon as possible.' then, he hung up the telephone and stayed where he was for a while, picking out a few bars of I'm Bad, because it used to be one of Nina's favorite songs in those days that seemed so long ago. Carmel, California, August 1983. Even when she wore a big hat and dark glasses because she thought they would make her look dramatically different. The disguise didn't do her any good at all, because what everyone recognized about her to begin with was her nose and her bright red hair and her funny little walk. So people would still come right up to her on the street or stop her when she and Nina were walking on the beach and ask, Aren't you Cece Bloom? Today, when she and Nina took a long, silent walk on the beach, nobody came over to talk. Maybe because it was just a day when everyone was too busy with their friends and their dogs and their kites to notice them walking arm in arm or it could have been that people did notice them, but sensed that this was a very bad time. Bertie had died exactly two weeks ago today, and later this morning Cece was taking Nina to the boarding school in Santa Cruz, which Bertie's tight-ass lawyer decided was the best place for the kid to be. So this was the last walk they would take together on the Carmel Beach they had grown to depend on for solace over the last few months. In an effort to make sure she was doing everything right, Cece had called the lawyer a few days after Bertie's death, weighted down with a grief so heavy she could barely talk. Since Mrs. Barron's verbal nomination of you as Nina's guardian, the lawyer told her, I've made some inquiries into the school situation and have a strong suggestion as to the most appropriate private school for Nina, was what he said next. And Cece, who had been so racked with sadness watching Bertie leave this life, trying desperately through it all to hold herself and Nina together, had to admit she sure as hell hadn't thought as far as where she was going to put the kid in school. "'Isn't it summer?' she blurted out. "'It's August, long past the time to apply. "'School begins in two weeks.' "'The body ain't even cold yet, asshole,' was what she wanted to say." but instead she laid off and tried to be obliging well then suggest a way she said and it was clear he wasn't just suggesting because then he said he'd located the perfect boarding school for the kid in the foothills of the santa cruz mountains boarding school she wanted to scream who the fuck goes